Star Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. And now, the Boston Bastard Brigade, Electric Sisterhood, and On Mystery proudly present... No points, no mix, the world's J-pop and alternative art spot. Bastards and wenches, welcome to episode 309 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. And happy 2023, everybody! We did it! We survived another year, but we're not done with 2022 just yet. For today, we count down the best Japanese albums of the last year. And what a wild year this has been for J-pop, J-rock, and the indie scene. And this year, I'm actually very surprised by my picks for the top 10. While we have a good selection of rock, jazz, and hip-hop, 2022 was a year where pop music reigned supreme in Japan. Specifically, good pop music. Great pop music. In fact, my number one pick is a group that, 10 years ago, I never thought I'd even play on my show much less put on a best of list. But before we begin, I'd like to reflect on 2022 as a whole. Normally I save this towards the end, but let me change things up a little bit. I will honestly say that 2022 was the best year of my life. I finally got back to Japan and I taught my heart out to those amazing kids. I rekindled old friendships, created new ones, and even met people I've been online friends with for the very first time. I also got to host an event at Showa Boston and even served as a proctor for the Japanese language proficiency test. But hopefully, all the good things I did in 2022 will lead me towards more great things in 2023. So. I won't be resting on my laurels. I'm going to keep working my ass off towards making my goals a reality. And I hope you will do the same. However, now is not the time to think about the future or even the present. Let's wind back the clock a couple of days and start reflecting on the best albums that Japan had to offer in the last 12 months. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. And now, folks, let us commence our countdown of the best Japanese albums of 2022, beginning with number 10. When you think of the wildest jazz music in the world, Soil and Pimp Sessions is normally the first band to come to mind. Surprisingly, their latest album, Lost in Tokyo, instead feels like a comfortable stroll in a city park. Songs like Meiji Jingu Mai Harajuku, Todoroki, and Generation Tree feature perfect melodies that go well with a cup of freshly made coffee. 
but Silent Pimp Sessions know when to go intense, as evident in City of Chimera and Riverflow. Lost in Tokyo is another reason why Soil and Pimp Sessions is the best in their genre, and why it starts off our list at number 10. From Lost in Tokyo, here are Soil and Pimp Sessions with Funky Pong. Sayuri first wowed me a few years ago with her debut album, Mikazuki no Kokai. Five years later, with a plethora of singles and a Return to Roots acoustic album under her raincoat, Sayuri returned with Sanketsu Shoujo, an album that demonstrated how to avoid a sophomore slump. The opening title track is Sayuri at her best, both in an electric and acoustic setting. Kokai no Uta shoots a plethora of lightning from its heart, with the young vocalist at her most emotional. Kamisama shoots into the heavens with fiery feelings and a terrific backing composition. But Sayuri's not the kind of person to just hog the spotlight for herself, as evident by the terrific collaboration with My First Story in Reimei. When Sayuri bears her soul, that's when you're witnessing one of the most exciting acts in Japan today, and Sanketsu Shoujo demonstrates that with plenty of flair and energy to spare, which is why it lands on our list at number 9. Here now is Sayuri with Summer Bug.
I'm Manda, and together we're Black and Pat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Wanna be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. At number eight on our list, Duran Gray's Phalaris showcases a band that knows that in order to move forward, you sometimes need to look behind and see how you got there in the first place. I honestly can't remember the last time these guys unleashed an album that has wowed me quite like this. A throwback to their Withering to Death and Marrow of a Bone era, their 2022 release is living proof that 25 years into their careers, Darren Gray still have plenty left in the tank. You feel like you're transported into a world of darkness in opener Schadenfreuden, with the violence unleashing in the perfume of sins. Vocalist Kyo is a frightening force, but in Hibiki, he sounds comforting, even when the sounds surrounding him are ripe with chaos. The band even goes back to its visual K-roots, with Otogi delivering a theatrical vibe that screams to have its curtain raised for all to witness. Falaris is an album that brings Durin Gray back to the table when it comes to discussing the best metal acts in Japan today. From Falaris, number 8 on our list, here are Durin Gray with Utsutsu Bogawakurao. Yeah. 
forgot to mention in the beginning that I'm not the only one on this episode sharing their favorite picks of the year. I've brought a couple of friends along for the ride. And right now, folks, I am very excited to welcome back to No Borders No Race, the king of Japanese underground radio with his own top five songs of the year. Taking over my airwaves right now is the one and only Mike Rogers. The Mike Rogers Show. Hey, the Mike Rogers Show here. Thank you to Evan Borgalt and the Boston Bastard Brigade. Here is my top five for the year 2022. At number five, the Floppy Pinkies. And this song is called Outer Space right here on the Mike Rogers Show. Number five, the Floppy Pinkies with Outer Space. At number four this week, or not this week, this year. (laughs) Sorry about that. This year is a band that's going to be appearing at the Ninja Indies Music Awards show. Uh, The band's name is Tetsuko. And also the Floppy Pinkies are going to be appearing. This is a little bit different than what I usually play, but here it is. Tetsuko with End of Philosophy this year's number five, four. <laughs> 
Rogers, number four, Tetsco with End of Philosophy right here on the Mike Rogers Show. You can hear the Mike Rogers Show on WFMU, and I only play Japanese rock. Mostly girl bands. <laughs> Just like today. And the next song is number three, Ginny Oops. And the song is three. Ginny Oops at number three with number three right here on the Mike Rogers Show. And don't forget, uh, Mike Rogers Show also has a YouTube page, Mike uh, Mike Rogers Show, one word. And I interviewed all the bands that are on today's top five countdown. And the next band is The Let's Goes. They have a new album out. 
and they're touring. And the final date of the tour, I think, is uh, January 9th. Here they are, the Let's Go's with Girls Rock at number two. Number two this year, the Let's Go's with Girls Rock. And now we're at number one. This year has had so many really great bands coming out. and Well, and a lot of really great bands broke up. But I found a band this year, and this is not a new song. This song is like 30 years old. But this band was not popular in Japan at all when they were playing. They didn't get any radio airplay. They were not on TV. They were not interviewed in magazines. Nobody came to their shows, but they went and toured the EU 
in uh, 2005, I think it was, and all of the shows were sold out. Really, all of them were sold out. Fifi and the Mach 3 is the name of the band. They're from Kyushu. They broke up in 2005, and they're back together again, but uh, Fifi's not there. But uh, anyways, this is, I think this is my favorite Japanese band of all time. Here it is, Fifi and the Mach 3 with I Like Sunday on the Mike Rogers Show. Sunday, right here on the Mike Rogers Show. Thank you to Evan Borgalt and the Boston Bastard Brigade. Yoyo Toshio, have a great new year. See you back next year. Bye-bye. The Mike Rogers Show. Thank you, Mike. An exciting list, as always. Hopefully, if and when I return to Japan next year, that you and I can grab a burger in the Tokyo area. Uh, let's see what goes down. So let's head back to our top Japanese albums list, continuing onward with number seven. If you want to see the future of hip-hop, look no further than Kelmiko. In the last couple of years, the duo of Mamiko and Rachel have brought a level of badassery to Japan's rap world that has greatly needed it. 
their fifth album, Gokigen, delivers that perfect blend of Beck, Beastie Boys, Sibamato, and Salt and Pepper. Rollercoaster takes its listeners on a wild ride, while San Oku-en flaunts riches with style. December hits the runway with a slick groove, as Isoga Peach gives its listeners a playful chase. But it's when Where You At and Tohiko hit when you hear Kamoko as masters of laid-back hip-hop. Whether you are in the mood to party or relax, Kamoko's got the song that fits your current aura to a T. With the best beats you can find on both sides of the Pacific, Gokigen proves why Kamoko are a rap duo you cannot even dare miss out on, which is why it lands on our list at number 7. From Gokigen, here's Kamoko with December.
Darren Gray, Asian Kung Fu Generation have been going strong for well over 25 years. In Planet Folks, their 10th album, AKG demonstrates why they're one of the most beloved rock acts of all time. In Opener U to You, you can hear a band whose purpose in the music scene has been fully rejuvenated. Liberated Zone is the sound of a band in their zone, while Flowers embraces the beauty that surrounds them in said zone. Rainfall is a wild throwback, one that beckons back to early 90s Japanese jazz rock, in the vein of some of the older Pillows albums. But throughout Planet Folks is a vibe of confidence, be it in Goto's vocals, Ichiji's drumming, or the pairing of Kita and Yamada's guitar and bass synchronicity. And no, I wasn't just talking about Bochi the Rock there. Um, it's a sound of a band that's on the top of their game, but are not quite satisfied enough to rest on their laurels. The band may have had its ups and downs creatively, but Planet Folks is an amazing album that soars to phenomenal heights, which is why it's here on our top Japanese albums of 2022 list at number six. Here now are Asian Kung Fu Generation with Dialogue.
立って障子の上惜しいもないなら夜だって闇のままでしょうささやかでも今は弱い光でも響くソフトで声を聞かせて Hi, everybody. This is Phil the Issues Guy from issuesprogram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you get any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review, or check out issuesprogram.com to check out our stuff. Basically, what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So, if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them, Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Sometimes less is more, and bandmates show why that is in their latest album, Unleash. At eight tracks in less than half an hour, Unleash throws a bountiful of hard rock riffs and in your face lyrics at a ferocious speed. All of it with a sliver of made etiquette. Instrumental from now on showcases a band that's perfectly in sync with one another. Whereas Coralium show why Psyche can be truly hypnotic on her vocals. Sense, the only good thing to come out of that Platinum N anime, demonstrates why Bandmade are always an apex predator in the musical world, with the music and vocals sinking its teeth without any hesitation. Although it's their shortest album yet, with some even saying it's more of an EP. Unleash is bandmate at their tightest and their most confident, which is why it's here on our list at number five. From Unleash, here is Bandmade with Balance. <laughs>
Here's a voice you haven't heard in quite a while. He's been in Japan for the last few years, but this summer he made his return to his Boston stomping grounds. Here to share his picks for favorite albums of 2022 is the host of Abstract Japan, Mr. Tyler Abstract. Take it away, Master of the Universe! Hello, Universe! Tyler Abstract here. Thank you so much, Evan, for having me on for my favorite Japanese album of the year. And that was, of course, tough to nail down, but I basically used the criteria of what album I, and of the favorite bunch, would I listen to on a daily basis without. Without semi forcing myself, you know, it's never forcing myself to listen to good music, but on a daily basis, the same album. And I nailed it down to Asaki Killer in Neverland. just speaks to my soul and aesthetic and I just really like it so it's a very electronic uh, I dare I say hyper pop which it would be classified as album and uh, heavy on the autotune but fits the aesthetic in the cyber world and I just really love the tracks there are some bangers in there really interesting solo project and a debut project i believe if i'm not mistaken so that's what i went with this year again it's very tough and things could sway it's <laughs> even later you know seeing a band live or whatnot uh, could could even sway the decision of that, but I'm going with that and I'm sticking with it for now. So here are a few runner-ups though that were tough competition and those are 
Otoboke Beaver with Super Champion. Boris Heavy Rocks 2022. One OK Rock or One O Rock with Luxury Disease. Lastly, a demo, not quite an album, but from 9991 and their debut demo. So thanks again, Evan. Really appreciate you sharing the Japanese and all kinds of music all over the world. And I won't take up too much of your time. So thanks for letting me share <laughs> my albums. And I hope someone will, will scoop that up with, uh, with their interest. Otherwise, I'll let the master do his work. Take care and stay free. Thank you, as always, Tyler. Some fantastic picks. I also enjoyed Otoboki Beaver's new release as well, but there were just too many other great albums to put in my top 10. But I'm glad you got to mention them. And now, folks, we will continue onward with our list of top Japanese albums of 2022 with our number four pick. Haru Nemeri is not afraid to get into her listeners' faces. She's also not one to flinch at her enemies. Her latest album, Shunka Ryogen, is filled with a bountiful of fuck you energy, crafting what could be the angriest pop album of 2022. That anger is apparent in Deconstruction, which makes mincemeat out of her haters and so-called bitches. She has her nicer moments, like in the heartwarming Seventh Heaven or the life-infusing Never Let You Go. But it's when she takes the role of an MC in songs like Sozo Suru, Sister with Sisters, and Old Fashioned, where listeners will hear why Harunamari is one performer whose shit list you don't want to be on. Namari is a singer, a poet, a rapper, and a revolutionary leader, sometimes in the same song, specifically the powerful title track. Shunka Ryogen is an album by a pop singer aiming to change the world for the better, no matter how much needs to be destroyed in order to get it done. It hits our list at number four and demonstrates why Haru Namari is a better voice for our generation than just about anyone else in her field. From Shunka Ryogen, 
Here's Harun Amiri with an important question. Who the fuck is burning the forest? Good. Contents of automobile trunk, back seat, and glove box unsorted. Mmm. Riveting. But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards. That box you bought? Burn it if you know what's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys, and it's my fault. Just like he's gonna kill you. To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered. Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Cubbenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the goods are Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm gonna just be upstairs cleaning my gun. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? <laughs> Oswald Sinclair. Hobo King. That's not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together... They encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. 
This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you all brought me back. Brought you back from what? This is not our world. This is not our world at all. When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's take too long to explain. We gotta get to get to the hospital. I'll tell you what right now, we, we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I expect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. I The air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover the terrible secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com. When you think of pop singers who've evolved through the times, Hikaru Utada will always be part of the conversation. Their 11th album, Bad Mode, number three on our list, is their first to be both in English and Japanese. And it shows why Utada is a true international star. The opening title track is a gateway towards the beautiful world Utada creates. While Kimi ni Mutsu demonstrates just how much power is in their vocals when everything else is stripped back. In fact, a lot of Bad Mode is more low-key than many of their past records. Yet it shows just how much of a force Utada is simply just with their voice being the loudest thing on the record. But Utada knows when to go big, with the massive club-worthy Somewhere Near Marcellus showcasing killer dance beats and trance-inducing vocals. Utada even gets a little help from Skrillex in Face My Fears, which was the perfect theme for the much-toted Kingdom Hearts 3. Bad Mode is Utada at her strongest in years, and is a prime reason why they're one of the best in the J-pop biz today. From Bad Mode... Here's Hukara Utada with Dareni Mo Iwanai.
傷つきたいそう思うのはただのわがまま罪を覚えるより君に教わりたい今夜のこと誰にも言わない But Hitsuji Bungaku's music isn't the kind to fall asleep to. Instead, it's a sound that brings to mind peak 90s alternative rock, especially with Shiotsuka Moeka, whose vocals bring to mind the late Cranberries frontwoman Dolores Oriodan. The third album, Our Hope, number two on our list, is a gorgeous piece of indie rock greatness. One that first saunters in with Hopi before exploding with their Heike story contribution, Hikaru Toki. Partiwa Sugusoko pushes those 90s indie rock comparisons to their extremes, with a melody that brings to mind the Little Busters era of the pillows. Kinero sways about with confidence, all the while having a very laid back musical persona. Meanwhile, Wonder dips its toe into the shoegazing genre with heads held high. With Denpa no Machi channeling the breeders to great success. But even with all of these influences, Hitsuji Bungaku finds ways to make these classic sounds their own. Our hope is the trio succeeding in rediscovering when rock music was at its prime, all the while looking towards the future of the genre for the greater good. From Our Hope, number two on our list, here's Hitsuji Bungaku with Kudaranai. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
cake, boysenberry. There's no food like theme park food. Eat the Magic is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karen's want him, Chad's wants to be him, no bothers given. Tune into our show, Eat the Magic, on YouTube. See our thirst for Dole Whip on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you. Before we reveal our pick for the best Japanese album of 2022, we've got one more special thing planned. Earlier this year, I got a message in my Instagram from a rapper who has made a name for himself in the anime realm. His name was Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts, and I had the wonderful opportunity to interview him on one of our one-on-one episodes. What could have been just a one-off thing has evolved into an unexpected friendship, one that has brought him close not just to B3 or Wicked Anime, but also the Cultural Exchange Initiative. And right now, I'm giving the mic to Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts to share his thoughts on 2022. Aztec, drop a beat. Check, check, peace, peace. Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts here. Uh, first and foremost, big shout out to the homie King Baby Duck, B3 crew and all of that uh, for having me here to do this 2022 year wrap up. Um, so typically uh, for a year wrap up, you know, I would talk about releases I've had, shows, tours, all of that. Um, <clears throat> but if you follow me, uh, you know, due to, you know, the growing popularity I have, in the anime community, I made the decision in 2022 to swap out shows and tours for anime conventions fully, um, and that went really well for me, and um, recently had a couple cats ask me to kind of rank the six conventions I did from six to one, you know, one obviously being the best, um, so I figured I'd take that time to do this right now. At, at first, I really didn't want to do this, um, I just didn't want to like rub anybody the wrong way. But then I, I kind of realized I did dig every convention I did in some aspect, you know what I mean? Just others more than, than others, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I will leave one of those six off this countdown, so it'll be five through one. Uh, I'm going to leave Kineticon out of that. Uh, due to the fact that I was brought out there by a third party and um, my involvement as a quote-unquote celebrity guest was a little less uh, of a deal at that one, you know what I mean? But uh, shout out to Kineticon, I enjoyed that one. But um, I started off at number five with J1Con, which was in Atlantic City in November. And um, no shade to the homies over there for it being number five, but um, uh, all in all, that was just my experience. Um, it was uh, There was some good shit that came out of that. Uh, first of all, being my first time in Atlantic City, which was dope. It was the first convention this year that I had the homie Parent on with me. Uh, so that was dope. We did meet a lot of uh, dope people, you know, kicked it with some fans. You know what I mean? Um, the reason mainly for it being five, uh, the turnout wasn't, obviously wasn't like the others. It's an IndyCon, I understand that. Um, also, we were supposed to perform at the after party uh, at like 11 o'clock, and we didn't end up going on until about two in the morning. So that kind of sucked a lot of my energy out, you know, for the next day. Then um, we kind of, you know, dipped a little early. But, um, you know, all in all, you know, I, I don't fret at, you know what I mean, at it at all. Um, Number four, I'm going to go with Level Up Expo, which was the first convention I did this year. It was in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, and I will credit Level Up Expo as um, 
the convention that made me uh, make the decision to swap shows fully this year for conventions because uh you know i got flown out to vegas um and uh at this convention i kind of realized for the first time that there's an actual want for me at these things um you know what i mean I, I was kicking it with fans all weekend and things like that so that was really cool um i was just getting my feet wet so that's why it's number four uh so i didn't really have the swing of i've been going to conventions as a fan almost my whole life but like that was my first time being there as like a special guest so i was getting my feet wet so i didn't really um you know have it locked down what i really wanted to do um yet at these things but obviously you know who uh who frets at a, a weekend in vegas you know what i'm saying uh, number three, I'm gonna go right through these. Number three, I'm gonna go with Fan Expo Boston, uh, which was formerly Comic Con, Boston Comic Con. Uh, if you know me, you know I've been going to Boston Comic Con, you know, for a grip. You know, I always, um, always put money aside every year to do that. Uh, but this was my first time there as a guest. You know, people ask me like, what are the best part of these conventions? And I always say, getting into them for free because coming up, man, I couldn't afford to go in these things. You know what I mean? So being being able to go to this many in a year, you know, that was the best part about it. But Fan Expo was fire. Uh, I hosted a panel there. It was a, it was a good panel. Uh, not the best panel I did this year by far, but it was a good panel. Um, shout out to Wasabi Anime for having me on that. Um, you know what I mean? The, the turnout was good. Uh, I did spend most of the weekend at the Zarface booth with the homie 7L and Esoteric. Shout out to them. Um, obviously, the, the coolest part about a fan expo is you you meet certain people. Like I got kicked it with William Zapka from Cobra Kai. You know what I'm saying? Jay Muse of Jay and Silent Bob. You know, I got to shake hands with Frank Miller and, and chatted up with him a little bit. Legendary. You know, things like that made fan expo a great weekend. And it's, you know, it's the, it's the hometown. Number two, another hometown one, uh, Anime Boston. Anime Boston was really dope. Uh, I had only been there one other time, and it was a long time ago when I was uh, managing a, a record store, record store FYE. Um, and uh, yeah, man, um, being involved in Anime Boston was dope. Uh, shout out to the Cultural Exchange Initiative, uh, which is a Japanese learning program. Uh, I was at their booth for the weekend. And I also uh, hosted a panel. It was the first panel I hosted this year. Uh, Anime Boston was back in May. That was the first panel I hosted. Um, I unfortunately was running on hip-hop time. And I uh, showed up to my panel about a half an hour late. Uh, so it essentially turned to a half an hour long Q&A session. Which was great. Because it was the first time I publicly really got to talk about what I do in the anime industry. The soundtracks I've worked on and whatnot. It was great. Uh, the attention was great. Um, and, uh, you know, that was the first convention where I really felt like home, you know what I mean? Uh, aside from the fact that it was in Boston, but I really felt like home. Uh, shout out to the homie, uh, King Baby Duck Evan, you know what I mean, for linking me with the Cultural Exchange Initiative. Uh, all that is, you know, I'm grateful for. And, uh, last but not least for the conventions, number one, I'm gonna go with Anime NYC. Uh, I was also able to have the homie Paranom with me at that one. It was by far the best panel I did all year. Uh, questions were great. Uh, every seat was full. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, had a, had a great time signing autographs, taking pictures, all that. You know what I mean? Um, super dope weekend. Uh, you know, and um, yeah, that's definitely number one. Shout out to everybody I met and connected with at that. So that's 521 for the conventions. Um, I enjoyed all of them in their own way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just, um, you know, that's that's my take on that. Um, aside from the conventions, uh, 
I was able to release two projects outside of soundtracks this year. Um, first, I released uh, the project Vallejo Sunset with the homies Matthias of Cloak and Dagger and Judge the Disciple, both longtime homies and collaborators. We recorded that at the end of 2021, released it in 2022. Uh, shout out to the homie Mindspawn. And also, I released Green 21, which I um, geared towards the anime audience for this one. One of my favorite projects I've put out in years. I will say that. Shout out to everybody that was involved. Iodonic, Matthias, um, STNAC, Piro, Kesvia, Yukidong, Paranom, Oblivious, uh, U of Shori Kubrick, uh, Mir Notild. Everybody that was involved. It was a great project and I'm very proud of it. And uh, as far as soundtracks went, uh, I still kind of like the conventions kind of like was me riding off of still Jujutsu Kaisen and the first two seasons of Dr. Stone. Um, the only anime that came out during this year, uh, well, Sakugan finished in 2022, but it started in 2021. The only anime that came out in 2022 that I um, that I worked on was uh, the one episode special of Dr. Stone. I also recorded uh, five tracks for Dr. Stone season three, but that comes out in spring of 2023. So be on the lookout for that. And um, yeah, man, that, that's it, man. I just wanted to, to give a quick wrap up of the year. Uh, got a lot of good stuff coming up, both anime soundtracks and personal projects. Um, you know, I mean, I'll speak on that more. Just make sure y'all keep keep in touch with me, Kirk Aztec E on IMDb to keep in touch with the shows I'm doing. Uh, Aztec E on Instagram. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's what it is. Peace and love. What a great year you had, Aztec, and I think you've got a lot of great things to look forward to coming in 2023. But the con life's a good one, even if there were some things that don't exactly work out in ways you were hoping. It happens, but I do agree with how great Anime Boston and Anime NYC were this year, and I feel bad for missing out on the panel at Anime NYC since, um, I believe it was going on at the exact same time as the that time I got reincarnated as a slime one. Though, uh, thinking back, seeing as I fell asleep during that panel, I maybe should have uh, went to yours instead. Lesson learned, I guess. We're wrapping things up with this special No Borders, No Race podcast episode. But before we reveal our pick for best Japanese album of 2022, let's do a little shameless plugging. So, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at kingbabyduckesh. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at blackcompat.com, twitch.tv slash blackcompat, and youtube.com slash blackcompat. If you missed out on the live 2022 Wiki's webcast, you'll be able to catch its recording here on the B3 site. AFLM, Johnstar, Elite 4 Derek, and guest Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts had a blast recording it, and we hope you enjoyed our picks and shameless ramblings. We'll be diving back into our regularly scheduled programming next time around. We'll hopefully be going to have a lot to cover in 2023, especially with con season just around the corner for us. 
so keep your eyes peeled on the Boston Bash Brigade sites to see what's in store for us in the near future. And now, we end the show with our reveal of the best Japanese album of 2022. Who has taken the top spot this time around? Well, this year, it goes to a Japanese pop trio that has spent their entire careers predicting the future of the medium. But this time, they instead look to the past on a record that is simply the best throwback of the year. Whenever Perfume releases an album, it's a sign of what's to come in the Japanese pop music world. 2018's Future Pop was literally its namesake, as it created sounds that would become the staple of the J-pop world. Four years later, the trio of Ayaka, Ayano, and Yuka have unleashed a record that looks back to the era of city pop while embracing the synthwave genre to great success. Plasma is an album that I've been wanting Perfume to create, but never thought they'd ever do. And it is even better than I could ever imagine it would be. With songs written by longtime collaborator and producer Yasutaka Nakada, Plasma showcases Perfume at their most fun and nostalgic. Time Warp and Polygon Wave open the album up with plenty of enticing vocals and electric dance beats. But the throwback goes hard in Spinning World, a song that oozes with Jane Fonda workout video vibes. Perfume goes full circle in Mugen Loop, with Sega Genesis sounds and whispering vocals. But in Hatenopito, the past, present, and future of pop meet for one of the most gorgeous and powerful pop songs of 2022. Like The Weeknd's Dawn FM, Perfume's Plasma embraces the sounds that 1980s action movies promised that music would sound like. And it's all crafted with an attitude, style, and grace that fit with Perfume's mantra. It is an album that's impossible to ignore, and one that deserves all of the attention it desires. Even when Sayonara Plastic World ends the album, it'd be hard not to press the play button and start the album up again. Plasma is what a pop album should be in 2022, and as their albums have done in the past, will hopefully have many musicians emulate what they've created here. Giving Perfume the best Japanese album of 2022 title isn't just the easiest thing to do, it's also quite necessary, and I'm so happy that this trio has finally managed to craft a truly perfect pop record. To end the show, here is a cut from Perfume's Plasma, our Japanese album of the year. This is Saisei, and until next time, this is your King Baby Duck, Thanking you all for a wonderful 2022 and wishing for great success in 
guys, this is your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo, from the Electric Sisterhood, and your host for the No Borders, No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.